don't know what it's like where you are. But where I am right now as I sit at this microphone, it is maybe the nicest day of summer. And I just want to share with you that if you catch a a different tone in my voice, it is simply because I am I am deeply appreciative of the weather. So there. John you are here. You are on the other microphone. I am wondering how the weather is where you are. Hey, I'm loving summer too, actually. It's, uh, it's really nice for summer in Arizona. Uh, you know, we, we have nine months of beautiful weather and then a few really hot months in the summer, oh, yeah. and that's where we're at now. But um, it's really nice lately, yeah. Well, good. I, I mean, the only reason, I mean, I very rarely talk about the weather, but, um, but today the weather impacted my mood. I love it. Like I woke up and the and the air was clear and it was not humid and it was beautiful and I was like, wow, this has made a difference for me. And so yeah. yeah. So here I am. Beautiful. So so listen, you're here, I'm here. Yes. Like usually when we do these episodes, there's a question hanging in the air or or actually on on your computer screen. And I'm wondering, is there a question hanging in the air today? There is. Do you want to hear it? I do. Okay, here we go. Bart, I've been listening to some early episodes where you lay out your case for why life is meaningful, even if there isn't some grand design involved. You talk about creating meaning, which is great, but I wonder, for those of us who seem to have a hard time feeling that on a daily basis, what you might suggest. Are there ways people can feel meaning more than they were? That's a really interesting question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I'm getting the sense that the person is like, theoretically, I understand this business of me- making meaning. Um, and, and, and in particular, probably if they're listening to this show, making meaning by re- you know, in relationships or through relationships. But they're like, yeah, but <laughs> like, it's Thursday. How do I do that today? Is that the vibe you're getting? Yeah, yes, I, I, I think so. I know a guy like this, actually. I have, I have a very good friend who uh, I've known for a very long time. And um, un- unlike me, who's very kind of like upbeat and enjoys life, he has a very hard time enjoying life. He, he doesn't know why uh, anything matters and, and has a really hard time feeling the meaningfulness of his life. Yeah. Um, it's sad. You know, I, I, I never really know what to tell them except, hey, let's have some fun when we get together, you know? Well, you know, it's obviously like sometimes people are depressed in ways that are significant and medical sometimes or induced by trauma or really difficult circumstances. But there is a category of people that are depressed because life seems meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, or because they're aware that everything that they do will be wiped clean in the end. Yeah, that there will be no me- no memory of them. That there that there's and 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 those people, you know, many times those people are people that thought life was meaningful because it was eternal, and they're they were building something for heaven, and and, and you know there was there was sort of a teleological end to it that was dynamic. And when that gets taken away, they go like, well, then what's the point? This is painful. Like, you know, what, what's the old bumper sticker like? Um, 
life is hard and then you die. Right. And so, yeah, I think there are, I think there's a category of people who it is precisely because they don't, they, they don't feel that, that their lives have meaning that is what depresses them. I, I think I think the guy I'm talking about is in that category. I was going to ask actually if if you think it's harder for people who used to have the the grand the, the grand design part in their minds to find yeah. meaning without it than those who just never believed in any grander bigger plan for their lives. I mean, certainly for some of them. I mean, it's funny. I, you know, sometimes people say, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> when when I realized that there. You know, when I when I sort of concluded for myself that there was no grand design, that there's nobody in charge, that that my life isn't eternal, that I, I it, that I will be forgotten two generations from now, um, they were like, it was like a big load came off my shoulders. Like everything was so serious before, and now I'm like, okay, how do I make the most of my life? But like, I'm not worried about the eternal significance of everything. Right. Right. Well, you know, and so, so for some people, that is a release or a freedom, you know, from this sense that everything they do is momentous and, and will have eternal consequences. I think for other people, it's the loss of a sense that they're part of something bigger than themselves. And I think that's a very essential part of being human. Uh, you know, I, I'm not an evolutionary psychologist, but I would certainly say that, you know, our our survival strategy of cooperating and living in tribes and, and 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 being in relationship with one another and nurturing our children and all of that, but you know, until they are able to to to, to live independently, I think all of that leads to the sense that it's we have kind of an evolutionarily hardwired need to belong to something bigger than ourselves or to see ourselves in relationship to a narrative that is bigger than our own. And so, you know, I really do think that, you know, when people lose that, that, that Christian or, or, or Islamic or whatever it is, their sense that they are, you know, a, a cog in the wheel of a much larger plan um, it, it can be devastating unless and until for people like that, for people like me, unless and until they can find a new narrative in which they feel like a significant part of something. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and, and I think you go like, well, how, you know, for some people they're like, well, how can any be anything be significant or meaningful if it is not lasting and eternal you know they're all about legacy and you know being part of a and 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 what's the point of being part of something lasting if you're not going to last with it right you know so so i think that i think that that's the thing that that what ursula goodenough calls the epic of evolution it provides half of that it says yeah there is a much larger narrative there's something going on. Um, the universe is is unfolding, if you will, or, or or constantly churning, if you will. Like there's a story here, uh, and you're a part of it. And you're a part of it. And you know, as Walt Whitman once said, you know, the the, the great the great 
play goes on and you may, the, the great drama unfolds and you may write a verse. You know, there, there's this thing in which like, yeah, you play a part in it. But the, the question is like, is your part eternal and are, or, or are you going to get to see how the play turns out? And you're like, of course not. And that's why I think when people talk about meaning, when, like when this, when this writer says like, you know, how do I, how do I create meaning? How do I find meaning? Because sometimes you can find it. Sometimes you can stumble upon something that other people have created that is meaningful and you just get to step into it. You know, um, I'm, I'm thinking of going to a Broadway play. And all these people, have, they've worked so hard at this. And you walk in there and you sit down and the thing unfolds in front of you and you get swept up in it and you experience a very meaningful thing. And you didn't do a whole heck of a lot to make it happen. You, you, you can be overwhelmed by the, the, the group dynamic or by the collective effervescence that's generated by people outside of you. You know, a rock concert can be like that. Um, a, fam a family reunion that somebody has, has well planned that you stumble into. You stumble into somebody else's family and you watch the way that they're loving each other and you just go like, whoa. You're at an airport. And you see a family come together and they're hugging and kissing. And if you can get over your jealousy that you're not part of it, you can sometimes, you go like, wow, I'm experiencing meaning that, that I have I've stumbled onto it. I have found it. But I think more often than not, we have to create meaning. And I think that the thing that Christians have a hard time getting over is, as I said to them, Oh, I, I can teach you how to, how to make meaning. It's not really that hard. We do it all the time. I can't teach, I can't, I can't teach you how to create ultimate meaning or eternal meaning because there is no, because there is no such thing as far as I know. Right. And so, so the, you know, so in some sense, you know, I, you know, I'm sitting across the table from, from my friend, Joe and, and Joe and I are talking and he goes like, you know, a thousand years from now, nobody will even know I existed. Uh, the, literally no, there will be no record of me. I and, and even if there, even if somebody does find a record of me, that won't really, it won't really capture the essence of my identity. Like no one who knows me, no one with any firsthand experience of me will be, will be here. I'm done. And they're like, yeah, me too. So they go, it's like, what's the point of this conversation if a thousand years from now won't exist? And I go, like, yeah, it doesn't, it won't mean anything to anybody a thousand years from now. It only means something to you and me right now. There is only now. The, 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 the mean, and, and our meaning was not, is not objective. It is subjective. I can mean something to you, Joe. You can mean something to me. And that's it. And like, can that be enough for you? that we're creating meaning that is temporary and that is subjective as opposed to that is eternal and objective. That is the question because I, I think you, you may have gone right to this person's real question actually, which is about um, a very certain kind of meaning. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, sometimes when somebody is having a hard time finding meaning, I will say to them, Here's, you know, or when I'm, especially when they're struggling with empathy, um, or when they're feeling like they just 
They're having a hard time caring. One of the exercises I've sometimes given people that I've done myself on numerous occasions, just for fun, is I say, I want you to go to a little league baseball game or a junior high girls um, basketball team game or you know, any, any, any sort of event where kids are playing a sport. And I want you to sit in the stands with the other people, the parents and the grandparents and the friends. And I want you to pick a kid in warmups that you, you, know, you don't know any of them, but I want you to pick one kid and go, that's my kid. That's the one I'm going to root for. That's the one I'm going to follow. That's the one I hope they put her in the game. And if she gets in, I hope she scores a basket. And if she doesn't, I hope she congratulates the other kids and like it is a good sport. Like I'm going to follow her. I'm going to watch her, 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 her eyes. I'm going to watch him. And I said, I just want you to follow that kid for an hour and a half and live life through them. Vicariously enjoy or vicariously suffer with them. Be with them. And, uh, People say, well, I don't really like baseball. I don't really like basketball. I, I, it's not about that. You're there for this kid. And people reliably will come back to me and go like, that was such a strange experience because I started to actually, I cared. I invested. And I go like, and when that kid scored a basket or didn't, it meant something to you, didn't it? And I'm like, yeah. And I go like, isn't that funny? Like you were driving by that field and, it, and that game meant nothing to you. And you were, and by investing yourself into it, you were able to make meaning for yourself. And, and, and that's not even like some random act of kindness. That's not even like, go pick a child and tutor her and right. make a difference in her life. I'm just like, just, just watch her and care about her. And you can create some meaning for yourself. You'd like, have you created meaning for that kid? Probably not. But like you can do that too at a different in a different exercise. Like there are ways that we can reliably generate meaning. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It, it strikes me when you're talking about that, it can be all kinds of things. Then, you know, like like the other day, I went on a little overnight trip with my son, and we went zip lining. Yeah, and they put you in this harness and everything, and then uh, you go up hundreds of steps, and then it's like a thousand feet of zip wire, but. Uh, they took our phones beforehand. You know, you, you put them in this little box before you go up. And I have to admit, I had this moment where I was like, huh, so I won't get to post pictures of this on Instagram? <laughs> what do they say? If, if, if you can't post it, it didn't happen. Yeah, did it even happen? Yeah. <laughs> I, I admit I was that guy. I had to actually tell myself the meaning in this is just this moment with my son. Like in a way it was, in a way it was one kind of meaning being replaced with another. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's funny, my dad, I remember him telling me a story once of break in, in Philadelphia in the old days, the, the main artery in our town was a two lane high, a, a two, two lanes on either side highway called the Schuylkill Expressway. Dangerous, terrible road still is. It's better now, but it's, it's a horrible road. And there were very few, very little shoulder on it. So he, he, he told me that one day he was coming home and he had a flat tire and he pulled over, but like, you know, he was blocking one of the lanes as he's changing the tire. And so he's got the thing out and he's, and he's, he's 
and, and while he's changing the tire, he had had the radio, the, the radio in his car was on. So he was listening. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm changing the tire. And, you know, traffic's backing up behind me. It's just a mess. And he said, I hear the guy on the radio say, on traffic report, oh, they're backed up on the Skook Expressway. Don't put dinner on the table. They're going to be late tonight. <laughs> he said, there is a car broken down in the right, in the eastbound lane of the Skook. And he said, it took him and he was like, that's me. <laughs> and, and he said, all of a sudden I thought to myself, like, Children are missing their parents. Like lovers are not getting together. Business deals are not being done all because of me. And he said, I had this bizarre sense of power. <laughs> right. What I do matters. Which is one kind of meaning. Yeah. I can, you know, I can influence people. And sometimes people act out. They do terrible things just to matter to somebody. You know? So is some of this about transitions from one kind of meaning finding to another and then if I, I mean if you're very if you've very recently come out of one kind like we were talking about the tour de france a couple of weeks ago and like if one of the athletes can't compete anymore they're gonna lose all of that meaning but at a certain point they may find something else to replace that kind of meaning or not lots of people struggle in that transition and when they can no longer be at the center of the stage or when they're not the, the preacher anymore or they're not the teacher anymore, or they're not the, the star of the show anymore, or, or, or they can't do the gardening themselves, they lose interest in gardening. And it, it takes a certain kind of work to, to do that, um, to, to make that transition. But yes, I, I think that in, in this tran the, the, tr transitioning from gaining your meaning maybe from what you do to gaining your, your meaning from what you care about or what you think about or how, how you engage with another person. So, you know, I, I have a little baby grandson. You know, he's like two and a half months old. He doesn't do anything. You know, he, he, he contributes nothing. He says nothing. He poops, he eats, he sleeps. That's all he does. And, 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 and occasionally he smiles. But what's interesting is everybody's, everybody in our family is obsessed with him. We take pictures of him. We look at him. I, you know, I, I, you know, we had him, we, we spend hours just gazing into his eyes, trying to make him smile. Like he's added so much value to our lives, not because of anything that he does, but just because he exists. Like we have fixed our love upon him and, and as a receptacle of our love by allowing us to love him. By being powerless to stop us from loving him, he has added meaning to our lives, right? Yeah, well, maybe Freud would say that's the whole problem. We all used to be that person, and, and now uh, nobody pays attention to us anymore. But, yeah, yeah. And so one way to make meaning is to focus on another human being like you would on a baby. Right. And just, and just communicate to them, I, I just want to see you smile. Like, I'm just, I just want to see you enjoy a ham sandwich. Like, I'm just glad you're here. And, and that's a gift that you can give to another person, but it's also a gift that you give to yourself because the moment you, you do that to somebody and you, you, you go to a, you go like, I'm going to go to McDonald's today like I always do. But today, 
I'm going to compliment the person who get, I'm going to com- I'm going to find something. I'm going to go like, wow, you have lovely hair or gee, that, I like your pin or that's an interesting name. You know, like just somehow I'm going to engage them and let them know that I see them. I'm going to engage other humans in a way that makes them feel seen. Yeah. I'm just going to see them. That's all I'm going to do. I'm, like I do with a baby. Like I see you. Oh, you're so cute. Or uh, like, but I'm going to do it in an appropriate way. And, and, and you do that and you say, I'm going to do that for that person. They may read like, like they'll, if you can get them to register your existence, then in a sense, like you're like that car on the Schuylkill Expressway. Like you have mattered to them. They have had to step around you. And, and like, there's a certain meaning in that, in, 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 in celebrating or enjoying another person. Now, this is let alone when I'm sitting with my friend Joe or when I'm sitting with somebody and, and like I call it out and go like, hey, you know what, Joe? Like, I just need you to know, like, you're mattering to me right now. Like, I wouldn't be at this restaurant if it wasn't for you. Like, my life is revolving around you right now. You're the most important person in the room. You're the most important person in the world to me, actually, at this moment. You're the one I'm focused on. Like, like thank you. Like, you're, 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 ma- and he goes, like, hey, you know what? You, you are to me too. And you go, like, isn't that crazy? Like, we're making meaning. Like, you matter to me. I matter to you. Like, in a universe, in a cold and empty universe, we have, cre- like, we have created meaning out of thin air. But are you saying, do you have to feel that first or can you just do it? Well, like, I think you can just do it because yeah. a lot of times what happens is, is you, you do something and you see it impact another person's life and you register the impact and you go like, oh, I did something. I mean, I remember that as a little kid. Like sometimes you would, you would say something unkind to another little kid and their face would fall and you would feel bad. You go, ooh, I hurt them. And, and, and you would register like, I have an impact. I matter. I can change somebody's day. I can hurt somebody. And, and you know, that's, there's, that's the beginning of empathy in some ways is to realize like, ooh, that person has feelings just like mine. But it's also the beginning of conscious meaning making where you go like i can make the agency there's the word agency i can make things happen mm. and and so you know these are muscles you know like a lot of it has to do with what, what are you what are you going to pay attention to you know what what are you, what are you thinking about like for instance like you could watch television tonight and you could decide here's another thing you could do you could watch television tonight and you could you could pick a person in your life or a person in the world um, I'm, th- I'm thinking of like a really overweight woman in Lincoln, Nebraska named Shirley. And you could watch TV and you could go like, what would it be like if I was like on welfare in Lincoln, Nebraska, really overweight. And, and, and I was watching these shows and watch the show from her perspective and, and you know, use your imagination. And you go like, would that be a meaningful experience for you? And, and, and it could be where you could come away from it and go like, wow, TV felt different tonight. TV felt different tonight. And you go like, and, th- and then you go like, could you parlay that into like, then you're sitting across the table from your spouse or from your friend at work. And you go like, I did this weird thing last night. 
I did this weird thing. I watched TV from the perspective of uh, an overweight 50 year old woman in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I th- you know, I thought like, I, yeah, I can see why this would bother her with it, why she would probably like this or that, that character would have been so, I would have felt so mean spirited. You know, I would hate like what- practicing imaginative empathy. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, but then in the conversation with the other person, the other person's like, why would you do that? And you're like, well, cause I'm trying to like, honestly, there's not enough meaning in my life and I want to feel more connected. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to have more meaning. And I'm like, you're into another conversation. And like, so, so on some level, you can, you, you get double bang for your buck. You do the thing and then you get to talk about the thing. And sometimes that's the thing. But, but I think there are these things that we have at our, at our, you know, whether, even if we're just sitting alone in a room, there's things that we can do to make life more meaningful, but, but they usually involve other people because I don't matter to the universe. I, I can only matter to someone else. To others. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so in a sense, if you want meaning, you have to involve other people. Right. And maybe, uh, pets. Boy, there's a thing. And, 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 and do not, do not know people who have struggled with meaning and have gotten a pet and all of a sudden their life is infused with a new sense of meaning. There's someone to, someone to take care of, somebody who responds to them, somebody who, 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 who you know, and, and dogs are, you know, especially are trained to sort of like follow your you know, to, to read your emotions, like they, they, they've evolved to, to do that. And so, yeah, I think that like, th- this is what we're talking about is, is that, and you know, somebody might say, but Bart, I'm not very good at relationships. You know, that, that's the struggle for me. And I'm like, okay, I know that's the struggle for you. Like, you know, go to that, go to that baseball game and cheer for that kid, you know, and yell loud. And you go like, it's a small thing. And go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, like, like you're part of, you're, you're adding, you're, you're adding to the crowd. You're sending good, good energy in that person's direction. You're thinking about them. You're getting outside of yourself. You're, you're exercising the muscles that will make you a better relator. But at the same, at the same time, you know, I think it's, it's, it's also really important to know that even in your, in your everyday relationships, you can amplify the meaning by stopping to think about the other person and then thinking like, you know, what can I do? Like, what would it mean if I made the coffee this morning and brought them a cup of it, you know, before they come downstairs and just said, Hey, I was just thinking, I know you like this coffee. So I, I just, I made the cup for you. And you're like, every time you, you, you impact or you dent or you, or you, or you, or you surprise somebody, um, th- there there can be a sense of meaning that gets generated there. But we, 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 yeah, again, like it's this, and you go like, but, but 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 like, but that's not the same as like winning a Nobel Peace Prize, and that's not the same as you know starting a company that you know employs a thousand people or, or, or Elon Musk kind like those people matter. Winston Churchill matter, and I go like, yes, that's true. They did, they do, and a thousand years from now, they won't matter any more than you did. Yeah, no, it's true. And so what, like, ultimately, you know, that kind of meaning is, 
isn't 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 really lasting or ultimate at all. And so so I go like, yeah, you know, it, and 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 ultimately, I think the meaning that really matters most, even for those people, is you know, did I did I touch anybody that I can see it in their eyes? Did 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 anybody did I matter to anybody that I really cared about? I mattered, you know, I know a lot of people that matter a lot to people that they don't really care about or matter a lot to people that don't really care about them. My dad mattered to millions of people. Not millions of people go to visit my dad. You know, and so, and so ultimately, you know, the kind of meaning that is the most accessible, you go like, I, but I wish I could be meaningful the way you know, Obama is meaningful. And I go, yes, it's not very accessible to many of us. So I think you're right to focus on the meaning created by relationships. I, I was thinking about the kind of meaning that comes from uh, work or creativity or art. Yeah. You know, but I mean, those are actually about relationships too a lot of the time. Like, like when I do work for someone, it's their response that I find myself waiting for, or, or like a like a client or a, or a film yeah. audience. Even the social media things, when you know people put a post and they're like they're 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 looking for to see how many people like it or how many people you know share it. Like there is this sense it's social. It's social, and and so. But what what I would suggest is that you know there's a lot of evidence to suggest that when you try to to to, to create that kind of meaning. The, the you know through these social media things th th there's a backlash it, it doesn't actually work the way it, you know you don't actually feel the the, the level of connection it's not going to be that fulfilling no and so what i'd say is like especially for amateurs or for newbies i go like yeah don't don't try to don't try to mess with mass impact don't try to don't you know that stuff can backfire on you like you can get addicted to it in a weird way and it doesn't really fulfill you like like if like stick with the really basic stuff like find a person find find a find a dog find find some other living being for whom you can be significant even if in a very small way significant um because i, I you know i think that what you know, when I, when I hear about these suicidal people that feel like life is meaningless, a lot of times I think th that they're so wrapped up in looking for ultimate and eternal meaning that they don't, that they don't cultivate temporal, um, and, 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 if what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, subjective meaning. They don't. They don't cultivate enough of that. There's. It's like their eyes are so much on the on on the moon and the stars that they that they miss the thing that's right in front of them. And so, what I, I you know, one of the things I think that's really dangerous is I think it's really dangerous if when when it, it, when we tell too many stories of people who have had big, powerful meanings in the world and are impacting millions. And, you know, we tell stories about, about people, heroic figures and stuff like that, because I think that, that then we, we sort of create a scale of meaning that says that's meaningful and anything short of that isn't meaningful. And I, I you know, you know, talk about humanize me. I go like meaning on a human scale 
is what keeps people alive. It's what people, what keeps people in the game. And even people sometimes that achieve that meaning on a significant scale sometimes end up being the suiciders and they end up being the sad ones because they fail to cultivate meaning on that human scale. I think it's very interesting that, well, first of all, we have a lot of episodes in our archive about improving relationships, you know, sure. making friends as an adult, all of that kind of thing, how to do a platonic uh, coffee date. Yeah. You know, so all of, all of these roads or many of these roads lead back to relationships in so many ways. But the other episode I was thinking about was episode 609, which is with Johan Hari, who did this book. Uh, he wrote this book, Lost Connections, about kind of what produces depression. And one story that comes to mind is where uh, people created meaning by starting a community garden, I think. Oh, yeah. He has lots of stories about that. And in some ways, I feel like his stuff is really inspiring. In some ways, I think it, it can be daunting for people to like, I don't know how to start something like that. But it's the lessons from it that I take. Like, I, I don't think the point was the actual gardening. <laughs> you know, it was the connections for, although gardening is great, but it was the connections formed through that yeah. shared activity. Yeah, and I think like it's a little bit like that that, that episode we just did with um, with the game designer with Logan, where where you go, it's all about trying to find places where you can interact because those are places where you can be meaningful and and where you can create meaning. Yeah, and that's a guy who who's comfortable being by himself. <laughs> yeah, but 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 even so, he would go like the meaning of what I do is I, I'm creating something when I'm alone that will bring people together. Like he understands how the game is played. 100%. And Johan does too. You know, the, it's interesting, the, art, the episode that I was thinking you were going to talk about was the one with David Fleischer um, about deep canvassing because, you know, when you watch the videos of David, Can David and his minions going in deep canvassing, you go like, they show up at a door, they don't know the person, the person doesn't know them, but because they've like been intentional about the conversation they're going to have, they create meaning out of whole cloth, like out of nothing. They just create it. And, 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 and half an hour later, the person's going, wow, thank you for coming to my door. And they're going like, it was so great to talk to you. And whether they change anybody's mind or not, they, they change the way they feel about the subject that they've been talking about because they humanize it and they, they connect to it in a different way. And so I just think like, I, and, and, you know, in some ways where I think we're just scratching the surface here and I probably didn't give enough practical examples, but, um, but, but I think to our friend, you know, when he's saying like, Hey, you, you know, I hear your shtick about, you know, about how, how, how life can be joyful on the other side of faith, but like, really, how does that practicalize itself out? Um, we're, we're scratching the surface, but I, I do think this, I, I do think that this is where the, the treasure is buried. The things that you mentioned strike me as really good first moves. Like the listener in this situation is kind of asking, this is my issue. Where do I start? Yeah. And those are some great moves. I know we're up on time, but I, I'm going to say there's one move before, before even those moves. What I love is, is the admission and, 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 and the articulation. Hey, I want more meaning in my life. Like, not to be, to not be ashamed of that, to go like, I want more. This isn't enough for me, you know, and, and to recognize that sometimes our depression or our sadness or our loneliness, it's, it's a healthy 
it's, it's, it's your body or your soul or your mind saying more, please. We need more. Now, this isn't enough to nourish us. This isn't enough to thrive on. Go get more. And so I think the first step in all of this is just admitting, yeah, I'm not looking for, a, like, I'm not looking to play p- pickleball because I like the sport. That might be a way to, that might be a way to create some meaning. Or I'm not going to go to this book group because I really love literature. I'm looking to connect. Like, there's something about admitting, hey, I want more meaning. I want to have deeper conversations. I want to have more connection. I want to be more alive. Um, and I want to feel more of that momentary, I'm in the now. I matter to the person sitting in front of me. It's good that I'm here. They would miss me if I was gone. <laughs> you know. And, and so what I love is somebody who just goes like, hey, could you help me out? Because like, I want more than I go like, you know what? The person that is most likely to find more meaning or to create more meaning is the person that admits that admits out loud to themselves and to their friends, I want more meaning. Yeah. And I think it's, I, so, so I think that's beautiful. I think it's a great place to start. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. So listen, here's the, the last thing. And that is, if, if this struck you good, bad, and different, if you're thinking, ah, that wouldn't work for this reason, if you're thinking, I want to try that, but I, I don't think it would work. If, if you have another idea to chime in, this is right at the center of what we're talking about a lot of the time here. So send your feedback, you know, humanizemepodcast.com, um, you know, my website, wherever you, wherever you can reach us, the, the, the Facebook page that, you know, there, you, you know how to find us. So find us and tell us what you're thinking because we really value um, the conversation. We value, and we value, we value everybody that's listening because it, it's so meaningful to us to be in this conversation. And, that's it. There's no more. John, thank you. Thanks, Bart. I will see you. We will see everybody next time on Humanize Me. To hear an exclusive extra episode every month, please go to patreon.com slash humanize me. You'll also get Bart's monthly newsletter over there and get access to some great Humanize Me merch. Our supporters on Patreon are the ones making this show happen. For more information on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. Also, if you choose to listen to the podcast on Spotify, we have a listener poll that you can take part in every episode, including this one. So join us on Spotify. Humanize Me is produced by Katie Johnson-Smith, me, John Wright, and Bart Campolo. Hey, you could be larger than life. Hey, so thanks for the credits, John. Now, you got any people to thank? Because we always seem to have somebody to thank. I sure do. Let's start with uh, someone whose first name is John J-O-N, 
which mine is J-O-H-N. This is a J-O-N, but they didn't give their last name. Uh, I also want to thank Josh Withers, Kara Mosley, Ken Jackson, Leon Kratz. Seriously, John, have you ever met a Leon you didn't like? <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's one it's of those true. things. Like, I, I like I, you know, Miranda, my my daughter's you know, she, she's having a son. And, like, they don't want any input from me on names. But if I was going to give an input on names, <laughs> it would, I would be Leon. Like, nobody's ever known a Leon they didn't like. That's actually true. And even the character on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know if you watched that show. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Leon's great on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Basketball players named Leon. Like, I just never known a Leon that I didn't think was. Uh, uh, you know, a, a, a charming person. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm glad we have a Leon on the team. John Battershell, John Gardner, Kim Korf with a K and two F's, K O R F F. And finally, for now, Linda Coleman. Wow. Those are good people. Those are good people. I mean, I think this is a good podcast. So it's not surprising, but like, those are some, those are some good people. And, uh, yeah, wow. What what a privilege to kind of have so many good people behind us. They're thank amazing. You. Yeah. yeah, thank you um, for supporting the show and thank you for being who you are in the world. It means a lot. 